Today's episode is brought to you by the U.S. Bank Altitude Go Visa Signature Card. To learn more, visit usbank.com slash altitude go. As a traveler, it's a fact you're going to need to manage your spending in different currencies. You need a service that not only helps you send, spend, and receive in different currencies fast, but also does it without the hidden fees or exchange rate markups. This is where WISE comes in. WISE is the easiest way to connect all of your finances internationally. I've been a customer for over a decade. It's been a lifesaver for me as a traveler, a nomad, and now a permanent resident abroad. If you're a traveler who's still using your regular bank, you need to check this out. Join 16 million customers and learn how the WISE account could work for you by downloading the app or visiting wise.com slash travel. That's wise.com slash travel. Thank you to WISE for supporting today's show. This episode of Zero to Travels brought to you by the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder with seven drive modes. The Pathfinder's available intelligent 4x4 is built for even the most epic journeys. Learn more at NissanUSA.com. If you're somebody who's interested in living that location-independent lifestyle where you can run a business from the road or earn money while you travel, what do you do? Do you try to start that before you leave and take off for a trip or do you just take your chances and go for it with what you got and try to figure it out on the fly while you're traveling? And that's really the spectrum if you think about it. On the one hand, you might have people that are super conservative, planning very far in advance before a long-term or full-time trip. And if they want to do the location-independent business thing, they want to make sure they have a business that's running that's at a certain level before they go. And on the other hand, you might have somebody who's just fed up with their job. They're ready to go. They've had enough. They have enough money for the plane ticket. Maybe they don't have a lot in savings, but they say, hey, I'm going to jump on this plane and I'm going to make this work. And on both sides of that spectrum, I'm sure you have successful, I'm using air quotes, successful stories and failures. I'm Again, I'm using air quotes because what does that even mean. Well, my guest today falls on the impulsive side. He's somebody that just took off and went for it. And it really didn't work out the way he thought it would. But does he regret it? And how do you measure success? How do you define it? What can failure teach you? What about that travel experience just in and of itself, even if you couldn't get a business off the ground? Is it worth it to do that? Just from the travel experience perspective? Is a side hustle important? Should you start something before you go? What's the price you have to pay for seeking more individual freedom? We're going to talk about all these topics and so much more in this episode right now. Let's do it. Buckle up, strap in. Thanks for being here and welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. You're listening to the Zero to Travel podcast, where we explore exciting travel-based work, lifestyle, and business opportunities, helping you to achieve your wildest travel dreams. And now your host, world wanderer and travel junkie, Jason Moore. Hey there, it's Jason with ZeroToTravel.com. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you kindly for hanging out with me, letting me bring a little travel right into your ears today. This is the show to help you travel the world on your terms to fill your life with as much travel as you desire, no matter what your situation or experience. You're joining many thousands, tens of thousands of listeners from across the world as part of this Zero to Travel caravan, this global community. I feel the love. I feel the vibes. I feel you all out there. I'm right here with you. And I want to thank you so much for being a part of it, the thing that unites this community. Of course, our love for travel, our passion for travel, and I think our desire to do things 
in an individualistic way to maybe be a little more unconventional and understand there are other people out there that don't want to do the regular thing. And oftentimes travelers, I think, get lumped into that category because really, who takes off to travel for months or years at a time or sometimes decades? Who does that? Well, we do. This community, people in this community, we're the ones that do that. And we love it. And if you want to connect with me or others in this community, don't forget, you can go to zero to travel.com, sign up over there because there are all sorts of things happening off the podcast that you might be missing workshops and gatherings online and offline and things like that. So sign up over there, zero to travel.com. And I love to give shout outs here because listeners are always dropping me a line. I read all of these emails. And I love to share these stories. And I want to say congratulations to Janetta. I hope I'm pronouncing her name correctly. She says, Jason, I've subscribed to your podcast for about two years and have learned so much from your show. She goes on to say, I'm eight days away from selling my house. I left my job back in April and have been making steps to travel with my kids. It's scary and daunting, but I know if I don't do it, my spirit will diminish a little every day. She goes on to share some of her travels plans and just says her kids will be home and world schooled. And she's promised them that after the first year, we'll assess and decide if we want to plant roots or keep traveling. Happy travels. Congratulations, Janetta. And that's so exciting. And I love what she said at the end there. What a great idea if you have kids or a spouse or a friend and you're traveling with them to set a date for assessing, hey, are we happy? Are we enjoying this? Is this an experience we want to continue on with? It kind of makes it that much easier to go without the pressure of, hey, what if we don't like this? What if this isn't fun? So they're giving themselves a year to travel and then they're going to assess and get together as a family and discuss that. But of course, that can apply to anybody, family, friends, uh, again, spouses traveling together and partners and so on. So great idea. I think it's a great thing to do too for any new endeavor that you're not sure about. Even if you're taking a new job and you're thinking, oh, am I going to like this job? Well, it doesn't mean you have to do it forever. Maybe you just say, hey, let's do it for a year and I'm going to look at this and see if it's something I still want to do. And that's a great approach to long-term travel as well because maybe you won't like being on the road for months on end as much as you thought you would. And that's okay. It's good to check in on that. So great ideas and want to say congratulations to her and her family and best of luck. And you can drop me a line anytime. I, again, always read these emails and I'm so inspired by people in the community. You don't have to wait until you've quit your job or until you've taken your trip to write, because I love to hear where everybody's at right now, how the podcast might be helping, what I can do better to help you even more, to serve you even more, what types of guests and topics you want me to cover. Just reach out anytime. This is a community-powered show. This is your show. I am lucky enough to be the host of it and to have this platform, but I make this show for you. That's what keeps me going. And to get the feedback from you, to keep the two-way conversation open, so I can understand what it is you want to hear, really gives me some great ideas and I can deliver the goods so I can keep bringing you a show that you enjoy and continuing to grow this community and to improve and to help you travel the world. Now, we're going to get into today's conversation. As you heard at the top, some big questions to cover. Before we do, I just want to say thanks to Tortuga Backpacks for supporting today's show. ZeroToTravel.com slash Tortuga will show you all of my recommendations for the best travel backpacks out there. And they've got some other gear that I recommend as well. So why waste time if you're looking for a backpack that you want to use to travel the world for three weeks, three months, or three years? Check out the Tortuga Packs. They're my favorite. You can get 10% off with the promo code TRAVEL. So when you enter the promo code TRAVEL, when you check out, you'll get 10% off any of the Tortuga Backpacks that 
you decide to purchase. And I use, most of the time, I use the Tortuga Outbreaker and the Daypack. That's my one-two combo that works for me so well, whether I'm traveling here in Norway where I live or somewhere else in Europe or back to the States because the bag is maximized for carry-on. You don't have to check the bag, but you can still fit everything you need. Think about the money you can save by not checking bags. And the material is made out of sailcloth, so you can take it out if it's raining, your stuff doesn't get wet, but it's still not very heavy and it's compact and comfortable. It looks cool. I can't say enough great things about it. Zero to travel.com slash Tortuga. Promo code travel when you check out gets you 10% off and thanks to them because they're giving that discount to Zero to Travel listeners. And when they were designing some new packs last year, their designer got on the phone with me and a bunch of other travelers and really talked to us to try to understand how can we make the perfect backpack? What kind of features does it need? How can we make the only backpack that you'll need for your specific style of travel? And I got to say, they've pulled it off. And I love that they just listen and are open to this feedback. And they've got an amazing collection. So check out those links. And if you do go through any of those links or use that promo code, you'll also be supporting this show. And I thank you very kindly for that. Okay, let's get into today's interview. And I'm really excited about this because a lot of times we get to talk with people that maybe have taken off and they've got this business running and everything's working for them. And for my guest today, that wasn't the case. He took off to Thailand, tried to go location independent and start a business while he was traveling. Didn't work out and he had to come home. What did he learn from that? Does he regret it? Was that a bad call for anybody that has tried something and it didn't work out exactly the way they thought? Don't worry because you're in good company. That's happened to all of us in some way, shape, or form. And there are a lot of lessons that come out of that. And particularly, I love the lessons that Paul shared and why this was still a good thing for him. So much in this conversation. I hope you enjoyed as much as I did. And stick around because on the other side of this chat, I'm going to share with you one of my favorite mini travel hacks, something I do every time I go through airport security and that makes me feel good because you know you go through airport security sometimes and whatever ungodly hour it is it might be six o'clock in the morning you're so tired so easy to lose track of your stuff i'll tell you what i do that makes me feel good that makes me feel like i'm never gonna lose anything or forget anything i'll share that with you on the other side so listen to the interview and i'll see you there cheers Today, I have the distinct pleasure of speaking with one of the most positive people I know, my friend and host of the Path Hunters podcast, a show which encourages people to unleash their inner beast so they can live a life of purpose and passion. You can check it out at pathhunters.com and check him out over there, this gorgeous man in front of me, Mr. Paul Lamb. Welcome to the Zero to Travel podcast, my friend. Man, thank you for having me. It's such an honor to be on your show. It's funny because I was an active listener and I'm like stoked to be here now. And then like, you know, we've become really good friends and it's just, it's just amazing how things just go like, you know, 180 in no time. It's crazy. <laughs> well, dude, I mean, I got to come on the Path Runners podcast. I'm not sure where in the arc of your podcast I appeared first. It was so sweet because you had me on as a guest and we had a great chat and then I commented on your microphone cover had like a, a red cover, which I still have actually. It, I don't have it on right now because 
uh, I was like on a broken mic and I switched mics and I forgot to switch the cover. But anyway, that and then you sent me like a journal in the mail, like after just an offhanded comment. And it was so sweet and that, that really stuck out. And then you ended up joining our community location, Indie. And then we've just been in touch. And uh, yeah, so I just so appreciate that you took the time to, you know, reach out and that, you know, we got to know each other through that. So that's uh, thanks, man. Man, thank you. Like I said, like I'm super stoked to like provide value to the community. I'm so happy to join the community when the doors opened and it was just so um so much learning involved and it was so cool and I learned so much from you and Travis and it was so exciting and honestly nothing but love for you too and like especially you Jason because like I think you've heard the story where like I bawled my eyes out listening to you like one of your episodes and literally gave me hope. I was like, "Oh." <laughs> well, <laughs> We can talk about that if you want, but um, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, and specifically, we're going to get into your location-independent journey. And and would you define yourself as location-independent right now? No, not yet. I was checking out your site, and I saw you had a quote from The Alchemist, one of my favorite books. And the quote is, there is only one thing that makes a dream impossible to achieve, the fear of failure. What has yet been your relationship with fear and failure? The relationship between that, it really had to like dial back to when I was working a corporate nine to five job in 2016. You know, I I heard stories. I was you know I was selling insurance, home and auto insurance, and I just really really um, worked with a lot of elderly folks who were just off their pensions and hearing their stories because I enjoyed having conversations with them. And one thing kept coming up for me, and it was Paul. If I was your age, I would do this and this, and I would have followed my dreams, and it just what would they say? Would they give like specific examples about their yeah. life? Like what were some of the intense things that they shared? Yeah. Some of the things like, you know, they would say that I wish I had time to travel or I wish I committed more time to my family. I wish I didn't work so hard. I wish, you know, I, I followed and at least built a business, something that like really impacted their lives, uh, other people's lives as well too. And these things kept coming up on a daily basis. Were you selling these, life insurance? Was that or what? Not at all. It's It was funny because these people would call me up and say, Paul, I need to save $50 on. No, I, I, my insurance went up $50 a year. Can you help me save that $50 or something? And and one distinct story that I was speaking to a gentleman, he was, he was saying um, he retired recently. He was used to $5,000 a month income working his, his job. And then when he retired, it went down to $1,200 a month. And now he's trying to penny pinch and like just trying to save all his money and everything and work with a budget. I said to him, like, I can't believe that this is what the results were for putting in 40 years of work for a company to kind of feeling like you're in college again, trying to live up instant noodles and, and stuff. <laughs> all right. So you're talking to all these elderly people through your job and you're hearing these crazy stories how did you come to find this whole alternative way of living, if you want to call it that, whether it's location dependence or like full-time travel or, you know, it's something that most people aren't doing? You, you know, it, it was a it was a mixture of many things, really. I, I knew that deep down before I, I, this corporate nine to five job, I went through a series, you know, Murphy's Law, like anything that can ha- happen, like go, that's really bad, like it actually does go bad for you. So so going through a series of events of being laid off from a corporate nine to five job when I finished like college, I did the whole life thing, Jason. It's like I went through school, got good grades and and found a corporate nine to five job. The plan was going to save money and get married and buy a house like, you know, the typical the dream like that we're, we're sold upon every time. And as I was doing this, I 
was laid off and I just thought to myself, like after we get laid off, I, the science behind it is that it's almost the same as grief. Um, you question a lot about yourself. You question like your validity. Um, and I did all that. I just couldn't believe, like, I can't believe like I was ready and this is supposed to be a safe, stable job. And I got laid off. And, and that along with a, you know, a bad car accident, ex-girlfriend at the time, um, you know, was pregnant and then she got it, uh, you know, the baby aborted. And, and then I was held at gunpoint as well too. And there's so many things that happen and i just got to the point where wait wait wait, hold on hold on we got to talk about this a little more yes let's let's talk about the gunpoint incident yeah so so it happened in between the span of like years actually so so 2012 to 13 14 15 every year there was always something that had just hit me all the time and so the gunpoint happened in 2014 i was just sleeping at the time and it was about 9 a.m in the morning i was at home i was laid off and i had a car accident and a lot of things were going at the time and i wasn't in the mood to do anything whatsoever and we hear the doorbell ring my dad just thought it was just a regular day opens the door and four thugs came in and punched my dad and rushed in with guns with machetes and i didn't know what was going on in toronto yeah it was crazy because I, I didn't know and I wasn't fully awake. I heard a commotion. I went downstairs and there was four thugs, you know, pushing my mom around and kicking my dad. And, and so your natural reaction instinct, like instinctively, really just um, there's three scenarios. You actually freeze up and, and you either run away or you jump in without knowing. So I jumped in without knowing, trying to go in between my mom and, and the thugs. But by the time I clicked in, like, I didn't, you don't realize this is happening. So I went in and by the time I came to, there was a gun being pointed to my head. And vividly, I remember seeing the the barrel of the gun and I just couldn't believe this. It was just like a movie, legitimately like, like a movie. Wondering if this is a real gun. If this is, there was so many things that goes through your mind at the time because it's so uncommon, right? And for from 9 a.m. to 12 o'clock, we were just being held at gunpoint while these four thugs were kind of rushing around the house looking for valuables, money, or whatever. And you don't it is. know what they're gonna do. I mean, no, that could just be the beginning of it. It was it was crazy because as you're being held at gunpoint, this is a really extreme example. I do not want to have anybody go through this, but there's a reason why I'm positive all the time because of this. Um, so it's actually a blessing in disguise. But during that time, there's a few things that runs through your head. You question life. You question your your accomplishments. You question if you're going to live. Um, are you going to be this kid on the news that's going to be on the news for a week and then the world just continues on? And and all these mixtures of emotions and wondering like, if I should act or go into through different scenarios and everything. And I remember vividly explaining to myself that if I make it through this, I'm going to be the best. I can be and no one will ever, ever touch me like this again. No one will ever have full control over my life in this kind of place ever. Because like this is an extreme example. This thug literally had my life, you know, in his hands. He could just pull the trigger and then blow my brains out and call it a day, right? It's like I said, it's a blessing in disguise because afterwards the best case scenario happened. Mom, dad walked away with a few bruises. I was okay. A few valuables were taken. There were a lot of things that really, really, uh, and we can dive more into this on the lessons that I've learned from this one event and so many other events that I've throughout my life. But it was such an outlier event that, that there's a quote that I always love to reference is that, you know, when you have a, an experience that stretches the mind, you can never go back to the old dimensions. And literally it felt like that. Yeah. Hmm. 
How long after that, though, did you embrace this new mindset? Like your mind was stretched, but it must have been a little warped and messed up too for a little while. How did you deal with that? I was having night sweats. I was just reliving the experience over and over at the time. I'm very paranoid. I was always looking over my shoulders and everything like that. But one thing that really kept me grounded and triggered was that the promise I made to myself, if that if I was going to make it through this, I'm going to literally impact the world in such a positive way that when I die, it's going to be a legacy that's being left behind in such a massive scale. And this single notion that just kept coming up over and over in my mind. And so I consciously chose to really sought out help on, on getting past this. So mindful meditation kept coming over. And, and because I found out that your mind can't differentiate the past, present and future, right? It, it just doesn't really, you know, know and everything, right? So like, it was just me trying to um, bring my, my mind back to the present. And I did that and went through like six months worth of like, intense meditation and and finally kind of just on your own or like yeah really okay yeah Yeah. so i was just reading books on it podcasts and everything on it anything any any information i could on this kind of subject because um the therapist really i went to one session and i just really didn't like it but one thing that i took away from that was that she mentioned mindful meditation and i said okay why not because i got nothing to lose at this point anything, anything, come on, let's just get past this and become the, the, the man that you envisioned at that time. And it was quite interesting going through all that because I found myself thanking those guys in a weird way because and and meaning and actually meaning it like, yeah, yeah. It was so weird because like, you know, it made me detach myself from material possessions, understanding that all these material things, again, money, you know, cars, house, whatever, they can all be brought back. You know, if if just losing a fire or whatever it is, you can always buy it again. That's not an issue. But walking away with my parents' lives and my own life, it was just a blessing because you can never get that back again. It made me appreciate that. And it made me appreciate the what they did to me because it made me very mindful of other people. And like I said, it feels like you've just woken up from the matrix, the blue pill or the red pill kind of deal, right? It was it was so interesting. And reflecting a lot on it over and over again, I it was just beautiful. Like I said, in a weird way, I thank them because like if it did, this didn't happen, my whole entire course of life and like the way I take life now, it's, it would have been totally different. Yeah. Do you feel like through the meditation where you, do you feel like you were communicating with like a higher power or like just tapping in yourself or what was that experience like for you? I kept holding on to that one idea of, of being the best that I can be because, because knowing afterwards that... I didn't want to die with regret because I knew that at that point you can literally die any day. Like you can, you don't know when you're going to die actually. Yeah, no. Like I can, I'm glad I wouldn't want to know, you know, yeah, I know me too. It would be like, like weird to have like a, you know, like a, a, a day on the calendar. That wouldn't be fun. I know. So you don't know. So knowing this, knowing this fundamentally, it allows you to, in spite of fear, you still do what you do. It's quite really beautiful in a sense. I just kept holding on to that feeling of of just knowing that that I really wanted to take life in a whole different way because you don't know when you're gonna die and I'm gonna and, and regret and fear and all these things kept coming up over and over and over again. But in spite of that, it, it's it's something that Tony Robbins says all the time is that when you come close to death, your you your life prioritizes like 
differently. Suddenly, small things don't really matter anymore. And and what really matters is ma- like matters, right? Like family, health, wealth, relationships, and love, and all these things that really comes into play now. Um, in such a different way for me from what it was way back before that experience. It was instantly you just realize, but only if you consciously choose to tether yourself to a, a commitment. Mine was always trying to be the best version of myself. How do you live up to that or how do you know you're actually living up to it? You know, being very kind to yourself right? Everybody goes through this all the time. Everybody goes through a, a internal dialogue within themselves. They're very mean. I'm, I used to be very mean to myself. You know, you're not capable. Well, who do you think you are? Like kind of deal, right? All these kind of negative, kind of, like, you know, tones oh, yeah. that comes. I think a lot of us can relate to that. I certainly can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Right. Like we, we all go through this, but the thing is like, you will never say this to anyone's face. That's, right. that's the funny part, right? You, you treat yourself say, like crap sometimes, but you would never do that to somebody else. That's so true. Exactly. So, so, so understanding that, that being kind to yourself is, is the first step towards that direction. I'm very gentle with myself. You know, if you set a goal to go to run 10 kilometers and, and you run eight and you get, most people will get angry because they didn't hit the 10. But if you look backwards, you ran eight, that's eight more than you had before. Right. Um, looking from that kind of place and concept really all the time and, and reflecting on that is, is really important because we're only human. Right. We're fighting against our instincts, our, our innate nature. Like this is like I can really dive deep, deeper like with you on that in the terms of like science and all that with that, because like this is how how fear will never go away. Like, you know, this eternal dialogue will never go away. Um, it's just it's just overflowing it with the more kindness within yourself is what's really important. And that's what I've done personally myself. I look myself in the mirror as silly as it sounds, Jason. Every morning I look myself in the mirror. I'm like, God damn, like you are an amazing superstar. Look at you. You're like, you know, you look like a unique Asian with long hair and like you're about to own your space and, and nobody knows what's con- like, I'm very, this is me and my, my own internal dialogue. Right. And this is, I'm just telling this, like, look at you. Like you have like the mindset of like a warrior and getting to the gym and look at you, you're ready to every morning. And as weird as that sounds, like it really, really gets you. Eventually you'll come to a place where you believe it and you should, right. You should believe it. So, so this is why people, a lot of people ask me, like, I have my bad days, don't get me wrong, but but most of the time I consciously choose better no matter what, because like I've been through worse and I consciously choose better. And anyone can do this. I don't think I don't think anybody has to go through an experience that I had. It's just consciously being aware about it is what's important. I love the thought of you like pumping yourself up like that. It's great. <laughs> like by the way, the hair looks by the way, the hair looks great. Uh, I'd say, let me know. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it was inspired by you, actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, I cut mine off, but um, I know. yeah, maybe I should grow it back. I wanted to ask you about how travel plays into this. What was your relationship to travel? Like, how did you feel about travel and when did it become like a thing you wanted to do? So so it's quite funny because it ties into to that gunpoint event that, you know, through going through that, besides the meditation part of it, you know, I, I really suffered a lot in depression. This is me completely being vulnerable here. I was just going through a dark place and I actually thought about like, like you know, think about suicide as well too. For whatever the universe or whatever hit had to come into play here, my mom's friend's son had committed suicide 
um, few months afterwards. And, and I just, that really just hit me hard because that I was just like, holy crap, I'm going through this right now and it's dark. And, and, and my mom, for whatever reason said that, you know, why would you do that? He was such a good looking boy. You know, he's, he had so much and she was so sad. She was legitimately like crying because like she was saying that, you know, there were so many things he could have done to handle this, travel the world or whatever it is. And that was like a weird, weird indication that, Travel would have been something, right? So, so I just by her myself. expressing that she that yeah. that's st- that something about that really shot into you, kind of in a yeah. way, like you were like oh, like awake, like a little bit of a jolt, kind of like whoa. It was, it really was, and and she didn't know at the time because like you know everybody, it's 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 dark and people kind of mask over it. I'm so thankful because of her. Because I took a trip to Vietnam, where where my family's from, and we went to like our old village, and where I really humbled myself, got to see where you my mean, family af- came after from. After that, you mean? Or yeah, okay. Yeah. So, so how long after that? Um, I would say eight months afterwards. Okay, but that was that you can actually go back to that point when your mom said that, and, and as that being a thing, like, hey, I could I could travel the world too, type of thing. It was just a fluke thing. It was just a interesting because because it really never occurred to me i've always traveled a lot but i never really solo traveled it was kind of funny because all these things were like so aligned it was interesting because once i did that and when I, when i went there you got to see um poverty cuz vietnam is quite you know you know a third world country uh to a certain degree and it's getting a lot better and you've been there as well too but if you ever like you know see some like the southern villages and everything and where my family was from it was so humbling to realize that holy crap you can't help but just kind of look at life in different ways. And this is how it kind of spurred up the hunger for more travel. By the time I got back, I was looking about everything on travel and I was just like, and then I stumbled upon like the zero the travel podcast and I was just so hungry to go travel more because that single experience really changed me. And I was, you know, I really wanted to learn more and grow personally myself because I'm still going past this traumatic experience and it was just an obsession at this point. This is how like travel in the end tied into everything. And I recommend it for everyone, everyone, like put on a credit card and just take, you know, a trip and go somewhere on your own and, and experience someone's like life in a daily basis. You're kind of visiting in a sense, right? You're visiting someone's, you know, way of living. You're a guest in the country and you have to be very aware and observant and see. And, and I'm all about that now. And my gosh. Life changes when you kind of come from this point. Was the choice to go visit your home village, was that something that was top of your bucket list before? Or was that tied in with like the incident that you had with the gun and using that as almost like a, a therapeutic device also? My parents go back to Vietnam every year. So they go back every year to go and do a lot of humanitarian work. I was born and raised in Canada, so I really didn't have aspirations to go back or anything like that because I love, um, in the end, through and through, I consider myself a Canadian. I love chicken wings and burgers and, and beer. And it's quite interesting. And then my dad just, you know, again, flukes, just random. He's, he suggests, like, why don't you come back to Vietnam? You know, I guess he sensed like, you know, I was going through a lot of trouble as well, too. I was never really home. I kind of just went off and meditated and just kind of by myself. And uh, he just suggested that. And I said, why not? Yeah. Why not? Let's get into the whole location independent journey now. Why did that become a choice for you? Yeah. 
it was like the, the hero's journey in a movie where where like the the hero would suddenly get a jolt of like you know superpowers or something like that right and then and then they're all weirded out and freaked out and they kind of want to just go back to their normal life that's it and they can't though right so like that's what happened to me after whole the vietnam thing and and all that and all these experiences i did the only thing i knew was to try to go back to a corporate nine to five job like like and, and I found a corporate nine to five job selling insurance again because that was my major. It was like you're a wolf in a place full of sheep. That's what it felt like. It, it was just, you just knew that it wasn't for you. you. Just deep down, you knew. And I just at that time I was in limbo. I didn't know that you know look, being location independent was a thing. Digital nomads. I didn't know any of that, right? And I just found a bunch of podcasts. I was diving to everything like a madman after work, on the way to work, weekends, and whatever I could. It was just like a madman. And then listening to your episodes and, and the Zero to Travel podcast really inspired me. Like I just couldn't believe it. Really, really gave me hope along with the chatting with all those elderly folks and 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 continue on. It's always elderly folks. But um but it's they got always, a lot of wisdom. They do. And <laughs> and I recommend they always you always should chat with them. Because they have a lot of wealth of knowledge. I just knew that I couldn't do it anymore. After that, there was a a massive breakup that really left me really looking at my life in a different way even more. I remember the breakup happened on a Friday and I had to go in and work on a Saturday. And be in the morning when you're selling insurance, you have to be in a chipper mood. Like no matter what, you force (laughs) it. Kind of, you know, you're in sales. You're not going to sell much insurance if you're like, hey, take a look at this insurance thing, you know, (laughs) whatever. (laughs) Exactly. So it made me realize and think back about the gunpoint incident. Like these guys literally have my life in their hands. If I don't show up, I don't get paid. You were equating your employers. You were putting them almost on the same level as the, as the gang. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Weird, right? It yeah. was, it was, it was quite interesting. But I mean, also so, motivating. You know, you knew what your motivation comes from, so you were putting it on that to use it as motivation, probably. Yeah, I remember vividly going after work, after a long day of work, and I sat in the car and, and I was listening to one of your episodes, like someday, if not when, why not now? And it was just, it was just, it completely rushed into me. I'm like, I need to figure this out. I need to do this. And I, I just sold everything. I just sold everything because I was listening to enough uh, episodes from different places that a lot of people recommended Thailand and Chiang Mai. And I just went ahead and just sold everything. I just, I just, I didn't care. I didn't care. I just didn't want to do it anymore. So you <laughs> sold everything and you quit your job and you went to Chiang Mai, Thailand, right? Yeah. Yeah. And what was your plan? There, there wasn't much of a plan, quite <laughs> honestly. I, by that time, location uh, indie opened up. Paradise Pack was 2016 opened up. I had like $3,000 cash. Uh, I bought the ticket already for like $700 round trip. I don't know why I, I, it was cheaper for round trips. I don't know. It yeah, was just, I know. Was, how long did you it, give yourself? Like how much time were you going to be gone? Three, three months. Okay. So three months. Yeah. So three months in Thailand. And you're, you're fortunate because it sounds like you have a good support system with your parents. Like if you come back, they'll let you stay with them. So that's... Thank God for my parents. My that's gosh. good. <laughs> like I'm telling you, like I, I, I'm, I'm so thankful to them. It's not even funny. So I, um, saved about $3,000 cash and, and took off. And when I took off, I had the path of just podcast started up. I had the paradise pack and I had, you know, I jumped into location indie and I just, I just really wanted to learn all this. And I was super committed, super committed to get this done up and running in three months. <laughs> that was the ambitious thing of me. And it didn't work out. I'll be honest. It didn't work out. 
it was it was just in um, what way it, didn't it work out um i went out there and i went um and i wanted to meet other digital nomads and i wanted to meet other location independent people and i just wanted to learn so much and I, by the time the end of it near the end of it i was spending a lot of time networking going to events and everything like that and not really actually sitting down and doing the work i i didn't do any of the work <laughs> it was just so funny and it's just me really transparently admitting this but um there, there has to be a balance for you actually sitting down and doing the work for yourself. You have to like literally create something. And, and right? so I, I was not. Which you did with not. the podcast though. I mean, you have yeah. the podcast going, so. Yeah. So, so the podcast was like, yeah, the podcast is like the commitment there. That was, I love the podcast. And looking in hindsight now, how I would have done it differently was start a side hustle. Be patient because I'm a very impulsive person. And um, I just, I just went, I was like, I just F this and kind of throw everything and just go. But yeah, I, I, for my recommendations for other people, just look at the side hustle, create it, experiment with it. If it doesn't work, at least you have something to care of yourself. I would have done it that way. But do you regret doing it the way you did it? No. <laughs> so <laughs> talk about that. Like, what did you take away from that experience? The, the growth from that. So the amount of people that I met out there, it was just when you're surrounded by your, it really, really felt easy plugging into Chiang Mai, Thailand, digital nomads, and and just feeling the love for freedom. Everybody I came in contact with was this was like the key component. It was it was always that it was always oh yeah like oh where were you headed to oh where are you from Paul and I'm from Canada. I don't know where I'm heading to next. I have no idea. Like me neither. And then, boo, yeah. And then we just go and go to some events and everything and just have a great time. And it was just great because some of my best friends now are, you know, from the UK, Portugal. And it was just so awesome to feel that. And it's all about building your tribe and your people. And I'm so grateful to have the people still today to be in my world, right? Virtually, not here physically. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I want to talk about your your Chiang Mai time because, you know, you said you, said you spent three months and you came back and it didn't work out. But does that mean you failed? I'm using like air quotes because what do you think? I know I have my opinions, but no, I didn't. I, you know, I, I say it's a failure, but it, it, realistically it, I'm very gentle with myself. I, you know, I don't consider it a failure because it really, whether I came back or not, I had the the mindset and the blueprints of and the tenacity to go after it because, like I said, the drive is still here more than ever. It's more prominent, and the more I get to talk about it, it's even more. It's popping me up. Like literally, I'm stoked and excited because, you know, it really isn't failing. You'll fail if you stopped and you give up. It really gave me a clear indication of what direction I want to go towards now, even more. It's just really, really something that that I'm very thankful for to the fact that kind of made me realize where I want to draw the line for myself, myself, right? Really wanted to kind of look at what I really wanted to do in this world. And I want to work with children. I want to work with, you know, free education, teaching kids values. And so it's going to be the upcoming future is going to be all these things tied together. It's really easy when you're going down a path and, and taking a, a path, Path Hunters podcast, <laughs> and taking a journey that's that's going to be difficult. It's a journey, right? So it is. It is. It sounds like it hasn't discouraged you. 
you know what? I, I wouldn't lie to you. Like I said, like I, I felt discouraged and that's why, like, maybe that's why I call it that, but it was, it was not a failure because like it really gave me a sense of, of where I wanted to draw the line in the sand for myself and understand that what is the next plan of attack, right? That is, that is the key component that will keep you going. Um, for those people who are, who are, or will, or, or in a similar position or anything like that, know that, that if you come back and if you, from a travel or anything like that, and you, you get even more hungrier and you don't, and you refuse to go back to the old ways of life, then that to me is success because understanding that you, you took you, a beating all, and you keep going, basically. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's funny because, like, the option of the corporate job again, and you know, and quitting and everything—it's always going to be there, right? This is something else I tell myself: it's that the option is always going to be there; it's never going to go away. And choosing consciously to go and fight towards your life and your freedom comes with a price, a sacrifice, and a lot of tenacity, a lot of willpower, a lot, it will push you to the end. And it's something that I personally am willing to like give. So it's almost asking yourself that kind of question. It's like, are you willing to keep going and keep traveling and keep going at it? Because like definitely it's not the end all for me. Like I'm going to be, my, my goal is like 193 countries, you know, by the time I'm 35, there's so much more I can give and knowing that the option of like quitting is always going to be there just makes me like, nah, I'm never going to use that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever I can, whatever it takes just to do this. Talk to me about the podcast because how did that change your life? Like, why did you decide to start a podcast? I don't know. Tell us why we should check it out. <laughs> tell everybody about it. You know, uh, it was inspired by you and like many other like podcasters I look up to. I thought, why not? Like, why not start a podcast? Starting it out, the Pathfinders podcast, I interview a lot of people who are just, I feel like personally, the struggle, the journey is super undersold. It's easy for an entrepreneur to say, oh, we spent six months to create Instagram and then we sold it to Facebook for a billion dollars. <laughs> like, it's so mm. easy to say that, right? Mm. But, you know, those the six months bites. must have been like, yeah, yeah. Like, those, like those six months must have been the most like grueling, like push it to the like limits cried probably lived off like americano slept on the floor not showered like, because just, we're all wanna... human beings it's like yeah. yeah i mean that's the kind of thing that happens right <laughs> exactly it's so, it's so true so now so the podcast specifically i love to capture the these kind of stories and journeys about the struggle because it's so important because i want to show to everybody that given the right ingredients and elements involved, you can make it no matter what. Nothing, you live in the place of possibility and, and just capturing all these conversations with many different people in different industries. Um, I, my goal is to bring it to people to, to, to hear it, to listen to it, be like, okay, they are just like me, right? Because like these are the exact same questions that I went through and this is basically the whole theme of my podcast that I always say, unleash the beast from within because it's really unleashing because you have it. Already. Everybody has this potential to go out and, and build a life, whatever it looks like for themselves and, and do it beautifully, right? But there is a lot of struggle, stress, sacrifice and limits and everything to the test. And it's going to keep asking you, are you sure you want this? Are you sure? You know, if I'm feeling down or if I feel like I'm getting off track or something, I get to talk to somebody who's... They got their own story and then they have some unique wisdom to share. And it just, it's just always such a great kick in the ass, basically. It's so true. <laughs> of course, you can check it out at pathhunters.com. Dude, you're a millennial. Do you think millennials get a bad rep? Yeah. 
we do. <laughs> What's going on with the millennials? Man? Talk, talk to me. Oh man. Oh, this, <laughs> oh my It's so gosh. funny. I just, I, I thought this was a funny question or topic just because it's like, I never say that. And I think it's hilarious to just like broad stroke an entire generation since I'm not a millennial and you are, I thought it would be funny to hear your comments on this. You know, whatever we've been labeled as give or take, it's almost true to a certain sense because we were dealt a certain hands, you know, people who, you know, the generation before or before yours as well too, right. Lived a certain way and, and raised their kids in the way, the only way that they knew. And they were moving into a world where the modern world has accelerated and scaled exponentially to the point where like, they don't even know how to handle it. You get a lot of like, you know, folks that be like, Oh, I'm not very tech savvy or and you get a lot of that. Right. And so you're having two different powers, right? One that, that grew up with technology and will continue to adapt with it. One that is super afraid of technology and like a way of living. And, and they know, and they raised their kids the best way that they could. But the ones that the millennials that realize that, you know, the, the old ways is not working. It, and then, and then doing their best to kind of navigate through this and pioneering their way towards something else. Is, is, is beautiful and tremendous because yeah, like millennials, we get labeled a lot of like, you know, we're, we're, we're entitled, we get yada, yada, yada. And we don't have too many jobs, you know, that's last very long because we follow our feelings and everything like that. Like <laughs> my God, like I am the essence. Like I quit my job just I because I just, well, that's kind of why I brought it off. It's funny because for that stereotype, you could be the poster boy <laughs> exactly. for it in some way, like in that way, yeah. certain people, I guess will criticize millennials for that. That's the thing I actually, admire millennials for that i think hey this is really cool here's a generation who's getting it good good on you millennials like for not <laughs> settling for like something that isn't aligned with your values you know and you could some people might call that entitlements others might call that hey maybe they're just living true to themselves you know i will make fun of the millennials though and yes you listening if for like <laughs> if you're one of those that takes a ridiculous amount of selfies everywhere you go and post them somewhere <laughs> i just i can't get into that but <laughs> i'm old school i'm just I trying guess. to think if i took a lot of selfies I'm like, <laughs> no it's not it's not a lot <laughs> that's funny i kid you millennials i kid you I mean, that's part of what you said. You grew up with technology. Like I grew up, there was a substantial part of my life where we didn't have internet basically until I went to college. So see, like it's crazy because the next generation after me, I've seen this already. I have cousins that are fairly young, right? Like about 12 and 10 and their faces are in iPads and, and their dad was trying to get them out to go play outside and they can't, like they don't. They don't want to. Like, I don't know why. It's it's quite it's 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 an interesting dynamic. The whole dynamic is changing. And like like I said, like it's all understanding of, to adapt and, and trying to change. I think my lot like me, I was born in 1990. Just to let everybody know. I still remember days I used to ran outside and got muddy and dirty. And my mom used to just uh, you know, yell at me because like you're you know, it's crazy because my generation is probably the last generation that actually played outside. I don't know. That's depressing. I know, right? I can't end on that note. That's for sure. (laughs) I am not ending this podcast on that note because now I am, I am really, I, that was depressing to hear. (laughs) That cannot happen. Well, I'm raising a daughter now and I can tell you we don't own a TV and, or we don't have iPads or anything. So there, she will be playing outside. Um, Well, she plays outside every day anyway. Good. So yeah, I love that. 
yeah, before I let you go, since you did spend some time in Chiang Mai, and that is such a hot spot for um, the digital nomad scene and all that good stuff, do you have any tips on um, like traveling there, setting up shop there, connecting with people there, getting a place to stay, just because it is a popular place to go, Chiang Mai, Thailand, we're talking about? Yeah, um, just prepping some uh, money before ahead of time. So like, you know, $3,000, I told uh, I told you before, it wasn't um, enough per se. So I had to dig into the credit card side of it because like when you're renting a place, you have to pay per first and last month's rent. I was not thinking about that. And and the funny situation is like have cash out because I took a lot of, I, I did a lot of research and and most digital nomads will say that you gotta. It's better to have your money uh, take it take your money out there anyways uh, when you get to Chiang Mai because the currency is better. I would recommend getting your own cash in Canadian dollars or USD and bring it over there because like I only took two hundred Canadian dollars and my credit card. I'm I don't know why I didn't call my credit card company or like my bank because I couldn't withdraw money and they locked my account because it was all the way in Thailand. And for about three or four days, I was trying to budget $200 and trying to make it last. And I was, and I just arrived and I stayed at a hotel. I didn't stay at hostels or anything like that. So I spent a hundred dollars on, on two days of hotels and talk about uncomfortable situations. So bring cash. Okay. Have an idea of where you're going to stay and then, and then see if you know anybody or can contact anybody that's already out there that can just, you can hang out with or anything like that. Check out hostels um, as well too. So check out like try to just try to at least have an idea and plan beforehand because I didn't. I landed at Bangkok and I was just didn't. I was like, okay, what do we do? All right. Uh, I think this is where you get a flight to Chiang Mai. Okay, that's cool. And when I arrived, I'm like, oh, I didn't even bother to call my credit card company. And so so it was very comfortable. It was great learning experience. And so I recommend just do some planning beforehand. Go there. There's this place called Niman Road, specifically in Chiang Mai. Try to live outside of that road because it's a lot cheaper. So I was I was lucky. I was paying $250 a month in uh, for my condo, Canadian dollars. This is all Canadian dollars, and so it'd be cheaper in USD. And then just going out and and going to co-working spaces. So I recommend getting co-working spaces. Um, over there, this is one popular one. I just can't remember the name of it, but it was just very, a lot of digital nomads go there. It's like 50 to $80 a month, but get it because that allows you to talk with the locals and the digital nomads that comes through and it gives you a quiet spot to work and really focus. I never got that. I went to different coffee shops and I was trying to run a podcast at the same time. So literally I was trying to wake up at three, stay awake at 3 a.m. in the morning because everybody operates on Eastern Standard Time. Finding a quiet place to stay and having a solid internet, it was the hardest thing in the world because <laughs> so along with that, trying to lug my, my, my laptop and my mic and everything and try to set everything up. And there were times where I sat at the mall and running the Starbucks internet and trying to record a podcast at the same time. So it was quite interesting. It was fun. So I have these kind of places set in mind and then there's always events. Go and join the Facebook groups is another recommendation as well. And everybody's like everybody's nice. Everybody's nice. Everybody will talk to you. Everybody, if you just share your experience and have stories, and then just come along. It's literally I didn't have a problem. Like I said, plugging in and meeting people. Yeah, you'll meet people, hundred percent. Cool. Thanks for sharing, man, and thanks for coming on the show and for sharing your story. I mean, we just I feel like we were just getting into it here. You know, I mean, well, we we obviously learned a lot, and you were so uh, honest with uh, with everything, and and I appreciate you sharing you know, all the personal stuff that you did today. And if you check out pathhunters.com, you can see Paul 
check out his podcast over there, which is awesome. Check out his awesome hairdo, his new long hairdo. And he's been hitting it hard at the gym and always showing up with a smile on his face. And um, yeah, dude, I'm really glad that we got to know each other and yeah, continue to keep supporting you in your journey. And I'll tell you what, my friend, you know, you will never give up and I will certainly never give up on you. We will keep supporting you on this journey until you're fully location independent. That I can guarantee you. I love it. You know, it's an honor to be on and just honestly, I, I, I can't believe, like I said, I'm so thankful that we're friends and everything. And I guess I'm excited to, to you know, continue this friendship from here on out again. Absolutely, man. Well, we'll chat soon, my friend. Take care. Have a great All right, Cheers. Paul, thank you, my friend, for stopping by and sharing your story. Hope you enjoyed listening in our conversation. He's an awesome guy, and I'm sure you were getting his vibes through your earbuds or through your speakers, wherever you're listening to this. Paul, he's just a positive, awesome guy. He's got that infectious attitude that you get around him. You can't help but just feel good and pick up on his his endlessly positive vibes. So thanks again to him, and don't forget to check out his podcast where you can hear him jam with a whole bunch of people on a variety of topics. It's the Path Hunters podcast, as we mentioned in the show. So check that out. And I'm going to share this little hack I use every time I go through airport security, which always gives me warm and fuzzies when I'm coming out the other side. First, I just want to quickly thank Tortuga Backpacks for supporting today's show. 10% off any purchases with the promo code TRAVEL. If you go to zerototravel.com slash Tortuga, you'll see the packs that I recommend. And again, use that promo code TRAVEL, just the word TRAVEL. When you check out, you get 10% off anything you order there. So if you're looking for a pack for a present or for a friend or for yourself, you can do a bunch of research and waste a bunch of time, or you can just go to that link and check out what I recommend. And I recommend it because this is what I use all the time when I'm traveling. And I would say the one time I don't use Tortuga bags or backpacks is if I am going hiking into the wilderness and I need to carry a tent and all that type of stuff, then I use a a hiking backpack. But other than that, if I'm not taking that kind of trip, if I'm just going traveling and I need a backpack and I'm not, don't want to check a bag and I want to travel minimally, but also have everything I need, whether I'm going for three weeks, three months, three years, or three days, I take my Tortuga Outbreaker and my Tortuga Day Pack, and they have some other packs as well that you're going to want to check out if you're somebody that just lives in a city and maybe only travels on weekends. They have different packs for really every type of traveler. And again, zerototravel.com slash Tortuga, 10% off with the promo code TRAVEL. You'll also be supporting this show if you decide to pick up anything over there through that link and using that promo code. And I thank you so very much in advance for that. So every time I go through airport security, usually I'm tired and fed up and annoyed and it's hot. Now, I live in Norway and the security here at the airport is, it's a dream really. And I find this in uh, many European airports. For some reason, the American airports, I don't think have figured it out, but I haven't had as many long waits or ridiculous lines to go through. And particularly here in Oslo, they are, it's just so efficient. You get there, usually you're waiting for a handful of minutes, if that, and it's a wonderful experience. But even still, even if you're not dealing with the long lines and, and the heat and the crowds and all that, which Uh, nothing drives me crazier than going through airport security. You think I'd be chill about it by now, right? You think I'd have this Zen approach to it, but 
it, those long lines and the inefficiencies that you see in American airports in particular always drive me a little bit batty. So anyway, you can be really tired, you can be annoyed, you can be irritable, whatever. It's easy to kind of lose track of your stuff. So what I do when I have to take off my shoes and I'm in an American airport, usually I have to do that, I put all of my small stuff in my shoes. So I take my shoes off and then I take my wallet, I take my rings or jewelry or watches, I'll take my watch off and if I have some rings, I'll actually or bracelets, I'll put bracelets and rings around my watch and I'll close the watch so it's just kind of holding all those. And I'll take all my change, my wallet, and any small things and put them in my shoes, including passport and everything. And that way, when it comes out of the other side and I'm tired or cranky or whatever, there's not a random ring or a random piece of change or something that's just sitting in the corner of the little bin that I happen to forget because everything's in my shoes. And even if I forget they're in my shoes, which I never would, my wallet and everything, when you go to put your shoes on, you're going to find everything there. <laughs> so you'll find it again. So that's one of my favorite little airport security hacks. I love to uh, put all my stuff in my shoes and just have it all in one place when I get out. So try it out next time you're at the airport. See if you like it. If you can be forgetful like me a good way to keep track of your stuff. Okay, I'll leave you with a quote today from Winston Churchill, who said, success is not final. Failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time. Cheers. This podcast has been brought to you by ZeroToTravel.com. Ideas and advice to make your travel dreams a reality.